0: Welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all the people at the table. I am one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka maniac And I am a DM Ian. Yes. No aka yet. No, not yet, but one day. One, one day it will soon. happen. Yes. <laughs> so today, what are we going to be talking about? We are going to be, in your words, republicizing.
1: Now, yes. we uh, we started this uh, series on world building on governments. It was my very first episode. We did monarchies, and it's backed by popular demand. And mm-hmm. put to a vote on the forums, you all decided that today, Neil and I are going to be looking at republics.
0: Definitely. Yeah, got a lot of, a lot of good response, both on the forums, Twitter. Just generally about that episode, which, hey, good job. Way to set your bar really high, Ian.
1: I know, right? Yeah, Mitch was like, what do you want to talk about? I was like, "Ah, let's talk about governments. Let's talk about like the monarchy. Okay. (laughs) Worked out. But
0: before we do that, we are going to do, as we always do, read an iTunes review. And I have it right here. So the five-star review comes from Bits Per Second. And they entitled it, Super Helpful, One of the Best. And they said, I search high and low all the time for podcasts that provide meaty, thoughtful dungeon mastering advice. This is the one that I go to first. Plenty of meat. Not any annoying belching in my ear. Which I find really interesting because I feel like that's a thing that they experienced. And I kind of want to go listen to that podcast just to experience it as well. And, yeah. <laughs> and lots of riffing off of each person's ideas to generate Lots of ideas that can easily be adapted into my world. 50 to 60 minutes of advice and discussion, and all of it worth listening to. So thank you, Bits Per Second, and hopefully we can keep the meat and not the bell
1: Yeah. And with that, let's head to the meat. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meats? The like meat back on the menu, boys. So like we said at the outset of this particular episode, we are going to be talking about a form of government that should be familiar to most of you. Though the iteration or the form that it takes may not be as familiar. But we're going to be talking about republics. And we've got three different types to talk to you about. Sort of the three main different types that you can incorporate. And we're going to start with the place where it got its beginning, and that is the Imperial Republic. And for those of you who are t- thinking that sounds super familiar, that's because this is what the Romans did. Yay, Romans! Yay! Um, <laughs> those imperialistic guys in legionary uniform. Yay! So... The Imperial Republic is sort of, it can get complicated. And once again, we've tried to distill a lot of information down into a couple of succinct points so you guys can sort of get the gist. If you want to go more in depth, there are tons of articles out there that I peruse through. A lot of them are like college level, like dissections of things and uh, TLDR. Um, But (laughs) essentially one of the main Facets of, of an imperial republic is that there is the head of state and the head of government that is invested in an emperor, okay? And the emperor can either be a hereditary title or a non-hereditary title. And what I mean by that is it can be passed from father to son or it can be an elected sort of official Uh, And that happened throughout Rome's history. There were times when it was an elected person. There were times when it was a non-elected person. There were times when it was a war hero who got elected to lead because we like war. And in fact, we're going to get to this later, but that was one of the points of having this sort of government. But the the point is that the emperor oversees sort of the macro-mechanations of his nation. But the problem with that is that he's really far out of touch with the people that he serves. So that's one sort of facet, one... Feature of the Imperial Republic is the head of state and the head of government being invested in this titular emperor.
0: And this could work definitely for any world that you create or any region that you create. But essentially, you would divide that up into smaller pieces. And each of those smaller pieces, be they equivalent to you know, in the United States and our states and or different whole regions, each area picks a senator to go represent them. And essentially, they're elected by the people in that area. And in most cases, they need to be citizens of the empire.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and that citizenship can take a lot of different forms. You know, you you can either, in Rome specifically, in this imperial republic, the citizenry had to be earned or bought, or you were born into it. Like if your parents were citizens, or if one of your parents was a citizen, you got citizenship. However, if you were born outside of the citizenry, you either had to buy or earn your way into being a citizen. So, not everyone in an Imperial Republic can vote. And so there's this schism between the voting class and the non-voting class in an Imperial Republic. And that's one of the one of the things that that sort of creates a lot of tension in this is that the voting class might have more privilege. In fact, they do in an imperial republic. There are a lot more rights accorded to a citizen, especially if if you're going with a Roman-style imperial republic than there are to a non-citizen. And so, you know, you've got this class warfare now going on that you can incorporate, which ultimately was one of the things that brought about the downfall of Rome. But you have that sort of distinction between the voting class and the non-voting class, which can get sort of hairy. The election process is something that's going to be Similar in all three of these, by the way. It's not just the Imperial Republic, but you're going to find some sort of election cycle or election theme within each one of these, uh, which is what is endemic of a republic. The elected senators who are elected by a constituency, which is by like a, a group of people who want them to do their thing, they essentially send their senators there to... Improve their lives to pass legislation that will improve their lives, help them live their lives the way that they want to live them, etc., etc., etc. The senators are then responsible for drafting, voting on legislation, and uh, then they send it off to the emperor, who renders a final decision. Uh, does that sound familiar to anybody? No. <laughs> <laughs> nope, not at all. Right. Okay. So yeah. Uh, while the legislation usually begins with debate in the Senate, the emperor can also suggest legislation, which the senator can then the Senate can then undertake. So again, very, very, very similar to our own form of government here in the United States.
0: Mm-hmm. With the removal of one branch.
1: Yeah, well, they did. They did have their judicial branch, but yeah, it's oh, okay. not set up at all like ours for sure. So
0: another thing about the Imperial Republic is that there's a varying degree to which either branch has power. I mean, you can go anywhere from the emperor just being the guy on a coin, and that's kind of it. It's just the figurehead. Mm -hmm. I guess that makes more sense when I do the coin reference because it literally is just as whatever. And (laughs) the other option, of course, is that they're the authority. The Senate can bring whatever they want to the emperor, but – the emperor is going to do whatever they feel like, regardless of what the Senate presents, and anything in between. And the other side is that the Senate could have all the power, and they're essentially the ones that are either installing the new emperor or getting rid of them, based on how they feel the emperor is doing in their role.
1: Yeah, which isn't which is you know an insane amount of power to give a legislative body. Yeah, we we don't think you're doing such a good job as an emperor. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> It's one thing where it's like, oh, it's the board of trustees at a
0: business. It's another when it is the group that is running a nation and they just
1: kind of arbitrarily decide, you know, you're, you're just not cutting it. Yep. Yep. So a common threat in this type of republic is that it's the government's responsibility to wage war and to make laws. As we all know, the Romans were a gigantic war machine and, and to, to date have been the largest nation, the largest kingdom, the largest empire in the world. For two reasons. They liked to wage war. And then after they waged war, they made a bunch of laws to keep the people in line. So that's sort of what the Imperial Republic is all about. Waging war and making
0: laws. (laughs) And I don't know where this is. It is a historical reference. I do not know the exact place by which it comes from. But essentially, oh, that's not true. I do remember. Costa Rica. They had uh, an army. And then someone essentially used... An army to enact a coup and then disbanded the army <laughs> problem solved and so that that I mean that's just a a large example of essentially what could happen where it's essentially you take over a nation and you change the laws so that they can't come fight you
1: back. yeah that seems sort of like it's cheating well I've learned if you're not cheating, you're not trying <laughs> that is true that is- <laughs> I like that if you're not cheating, you're not trying well, that's, that's how I play record. all my video games. <laughs> Right? Right? You got to have cheat codes. Got to have those cheat codes. So, Ian, what is up next on our list of three types of republics? Now we have one that should be insanely familiar to everybody, and this is going to sound like government 101. This is the democratic republic. It is what we have in the United States. It is also called a presidential republic in some instances. But this is a form where the government is comprised of elected representation and in some cases also non-elected officials. One of the facets of this government, we had kind of alluded to it before, is the facets of government. So in a democratic republic like those based on the United States, uh, which was the first of its kind in some respects, there is the executive branch the legislative branch and the judicial branch and all of these branches do a different thing the executive serves to enforce the law the legislature serves to write the laws and the judiciary deserves to adjudicate which simply means to apply slash interpret the law and each of those is a different function that is meant to serve the people in one capacity or another
0: And then one of the things that really sets it apart as that democratic or presidential republic is the election process for the officials that fill up these three branches. I mean, it's X number of years and every time it's the way it's done is very open and essentially everyone should go out and cast their vote for all of those people to represent them.
1: Yes. The elections can be held at a very, you know, they don't have to be every four years like they are in the U.S. They could be every two. They could be every one. They could be every eight. You know, it just depends usually. But there's usually elections held every once in a while. So that way, if there is somebody who's not representing the people well, as is the case in a campaign of some sort, you have the option to remove them from power if you're those people. The other thing that's unique about the branch system is that to ensure no one branch Of government is any more powerful than the others, there's a system of checks and balances where each of the system balances and holds the other accountable for not overstepping the bounds of their authority. For example, the president has the power of appointment, which means he gets to choose the Supreme Court, uh, who, you know, to fill seats on the Supreme Court, he gets to choose to fill seats on the various courts throughout the land. He can also censure judges and, and do some other different things that are helping to keep the judiciary intact. The legislative branch can then also keep the executive branch in check through things like impeachment and, and those sorts of things. And then the, the judicial branch can keep the legislative branch in check by striking down laws or ruling on laws that might not be constitutional, which we'll get to the Constitution in a second, constitutional or might not be In the best interest of the people. So there's these checks and balances that hopefully keep everybody on the same even footing in the government.
0: And that will take us straight to the
1: Constitution as an
0: example. But rather than the Democratic Republic being founded on some sort of divine right to rule like a monarchy or potentially in the imperial republics like we mentioned, you're like, hey, I'm the dad. And now you're the son. Now you're in charge. Okay, moving on. (laughs) The strength of the Democratic Republic is that it, it has a core document on which everything is founded and how the republic should be ran. And it's usually called the Constitution, of course. I mean, in the magical worlds that we will have, you could call it anything that you want. Yeah. And essentially that document is what everything should reference back to as to how things go forward. Of course, you can immediately get into the concept of amendments and things like that mm-hmm. to adjust the document over time. But essentially, it's you look back to that and say, is it constitutional? And then move forward.
1: Yeah, because the Constitution is supposed to serve as the supreme law of the land. So if a law that is, is made that doesn't keep with the Constitution, then you know it's usually struck down or there's some sort of struggle that happens, which again could be something that is a good story hook in that case. And then rather than being focused like the Imperial Republic on waging war and making laws, the Democratic Republic is focused on serving the people within its domains. Uh, one of the key things there is protection and then the uh, insurance of being able to live, in, especially in the United States, to live uh, live free. So that's sort of the the Democratic Republic in a nutshell. Definitely. I have very interesting
0: ideas about how to do that with different races.
1: But we're going to hold off on that, and we're going to do our third type of republic. Ian, what have we got? So this is one that I'm not entirely familiar with because, Neil, we don't experience this here in the United States like we do the we do <laughs> Democratic Republic. However, if if I do get anything wrong, our friends in Australia and England and wherever else this sort of republic holds sway, please write in and we'll do a retraction slash correction at some point. But the parliamentary system is – the parliamentary republic – is what we're going to be talking about next. It is very similar to its cousin, the Democratic or Presidential Republic, but it's also very different in a lot of ways. And one of the main differences is that unlike the three-branch model that we have, there is one branch. It is the Parliament. It is the supreme force of law and governance in the land, and it's sort of a combination of all three of the different Democratic branches rolled into one. So for the parliament, usually that system, there are many parties vying for votes so that
0: their party will hold power. For the United States, there's two. There's more than two, but let's all be honest, there's two. There's two main ones, yeah. Yeah, and there's a ton of different ones. And they're trying to ensure that their voice of their constituency will be heard the loudest.
1: And like I said, there's a lot more than a couple. There are quite a few. So the executive branch of the parliamentary system is called the, the prime minister. The Prime Minister isn't necessarily elected by the populace per se, but it is chosen by the party that is in power. It is chosen from within those members of parliament or the m p s is what they're called so the while the the party might be elected, they're not necessarily voting for ex this person to be prime minister. They're voting for this party to be in power, and then that party that gets in power then chooses from amongst themselves who the prime minister will be. So it's a little it's a little different than than an election in the United States in that we vote for specific people but rather they're they're voting for specific people who then will choose their their prime minister. So laws
0: are important and they're of course different because of how the structure has been presented in a parliamentary republic where essentially they're drafted, voted on and sent up a chain through the parliament. However, in some parliamentary systems, it's common to find a noble class, like in England, the Queen of England, so on and so forth. And so the, the thing about it is that the gentry has its own branch of government called the House of Lords. And while the House of Lords can't stop laws from being passed in Parliament, they can slow them down and they can also draft their own laws to be sent into Parliament. So very different i mean well i don't want to say very different but definitely a different structure
1: than what happens here in
0: the united states
1: yeah for sure and if there is a gentry this usually means that there's some sort of monarch like queen elizabeth who functions as a figurehead but doesn't really wield any of the powers of head of state or the head of the head of government anymore but they still as homage to their royal status sign each and every single law that goes into existence so you don't necessarily have to have that in your world as part of it but this parliamentary republic if you really want to see what one looks like in action without a monarchy look at star wars because this is essentially what the old republic what the new republic are or were that's how they worked you know each each planet you know elected their officials sent them to the big republic parliamentary republic and then they chose their speakers and and all of that sort of stuff and and their will their rule their laws govern the whole of the republic. So this is essentially boiled down to very simple means is what the old and new republic are in Star Wars parliamentary idea without a monarch. So now we get to the fun part of this how do we use these forms of government in a story hook. Throw them
0: out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'll kick it off yeah. with the thing that I
0: had mentioned with the Democratic Republic and how different races work. I think you know, and with the normal lifespan of a human you know, here in the United States, eight years is basically what a president could serve. You can get into the nuance of vice president and the president died and then you go closer to 12, blah, blah, blah. But essentially eight. And that's – I mean all things considered, that's a decent portion of a human lifespan. Now, yes. if you're thinking about elves and dwarves and things like that, it changes, but then that responsibility is elevated as well. If, mm-hmm. Even if it's the exact same system with the Democratic Republic, but now you're putting someone into office for a hundred years. When that election comes around, yeah. the things that happen are surrounding it are elevated to the next level, depending on how you've made those other long-lived races in your world. I think that could be really interesting.
1: Well, yeah. And, you know, you mentioned incumbents. Do you have an incumbent who can serve again or is the incumbent done once their term is up, you know? So you could have some pretty cool things there. Like, for example, one story hook that I could see very easily being played out because it's happened in in the real world is there's an outgoing president or an outgoing ruler of some sort, executive branch, however you call that that refuses to relinquish power when his term is up or her term is up Mm -hmm. and now you've got a civil war that kicks off and you could really easily incorporate a civil war aspect or at least a resistance aspect into that and now when the resistance is done and you're either victorious or not you've got some other different things that can happen like you said like in colombia where or costa rica excuse me where there is this revolt the military leader used the military to take over the country and then uh-huh. disbanded the military yep <laughs> so like you could have you could have a ton of story i mean if you're if you're desperate for story hooks if you're looking for story hooks all you got to do is look toward our own history and you can come up with a ton of ideas yeah the rise and fall of governments has happened a great
0: many times over the span of this world that we are on. And they are easily referenced for doing what you would like in your own world. And definitely, I mean, because if you think about it, like you said, a civil war, like you just involved everyone. And you know, and if we want to look back to, you know, the, the place that we can look to more easily for reference is our own civil war here in the United States. I mean, the emotional, aspect that you can easily tie in brother against brother and and friends and relatives standing on opposite sides. And Mm -hmm. what does that mean for your players? And so there's Mm -hmm. a lot that you could do. And that could even just be from like a more theoretical standpoint too. It's brother against brother because I think that this person should be the next elected official. And I think that this person should be. So now we have this conflict and what does that mean?
1: Right. Yeah, and and you know you can do that with any sort of thing, or you know you've got the imperial republic, where slowly but surely whoever the the emperor is or whatever you call it the king, the imperator whatever slowly is leeching power from the senate, and all of a sudden now it transforms from an imperial republic to an empire. How do your players respond? <laughs> like you know so you've got some of those sorts of things, or if you're more into like sort of mystery. Science, you know, mystery science theater. No, if you're sort of into like more of the mystery or more of like the urban campaign setting, you could have somebody who's trying to buy an election and you've got to figure out, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who, why, where, how are they going to do it? Sort of those kind of things. Uh, And maybe it's, you know, you, you've got somebody who's not got good designs on the or for the country trying to steal an election from somebody who is going to be very good for the country. So you could have all sorts of intrigue and spycraft, especially if you like sort of those, like I said, those more urban setting gumshoe sort of campaigns.
0: Yeah, and definitely. And there's the ability to create that and still have it Hit all the beats that your players want is there because if you look at you know in Star Wars and the Galactic Republic and all of the people represented in those scenes, like what those people want can be as varied as any idea that you would have for a campaign. You know, it's almost like mm-hmm. you would almost see like all these um, exclamation points over people's heads, like World of Warcraft and like you know and the ET people that were there, what they want. Well, I mean, M and M's, but they. <laughs> But they could want something and then you have this very warlike people of orcs where it's like, okay, yeah, just go take out this other orc tribe and we'll cast our vote the way that you would like us to. And there's so many different things that you could have as adventure hooks if you are essentially the people that are kind of trying to sway the votes in the direction that you think they should go.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, there are tons that you can do. And here's another idea. You're... Characters are in charge of protecting a senator who's proposing some much-needed, yet much-despised, uh, maybe, legislation. And you're charged with protecting him as a bodyguard. Uh, your, part, your party is hired as, as as security for this guy. But somehow, whether through your own mistakes as a party or through some machinations of the DM, something happens to this senator, and now you've got to figure out why, who doesn't want this legislation to pass and make it a who-done it, you know?
0: Definitely. And I really like the idea of the party being essentially the Secret Service. Yeah. I think that would be <laughs> such a cool just entire campaign. Like that's just what your party is.
1: Well yeah, and then how do you respond to a leader who maybe you don't necessarily agree with, but you're responsible for taking a bullet for if you need be, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Well, that was actually
0: I mean, it's funny that you say that, but you mean that would be almost the way that I would want to kick the campaign off is like you know, describing them trying to be the guards, and then the person they're guarding is hurt, and then they have to go from there as
1: the secret service equivalent yeah, sort of do like an Olympus has fallen campaign mm-hmm. I think it
0: another interesting thing would be the player you know and I think we've kind of hinted around it where essentially the players are the tools by which the Republic shifts in some way, Mm -hmm. you know, and the biggest one would be if one branch suddenly has too much power, they're the ones that help enact the shift back to a balance or essentially back to the other branch having that power, I think would be a ton of fun.
1: Yeah. Back and forth. And yeah, I mean, there's so much in political intrigue campaigns. It can take a lot of different forms. You can do whatever you want. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. quite seriously. I mean, you know, just take a look at some of the movies, you know, uh, you, you get tons of ideas from that. I mean, they are, they're always spitting out some sort of political intrigue sort of drama. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe for one last one, for me, you get a, a candidate who is very clearly to most people or maybe to the more savvy people, I should say being influenced by somebody else, by an external force uh sort of like a Manchurian candidate, you know, if you've ever seen that movie where they're they're being mind controlled by somebody or they're possessed by a ghost. I mean, you can do that in so many different ways, but they're they're trying to take over the country through this one individual, and now you've got to figure out who's holding the controls before the country goes to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. So
0: the one I'll leave with, though, is the idea, you I because mean, if you think about how we're all set up and technology and everything like that, I mean, I'm surprised there's not an app that you use biometrics and vote from.
1: That make it easier.
0: <laughs> but the D&D world that you create for your players, that connection of communication could be much less. And like another story hook could be this area didn't cast their votes. Why? And that's it. Like, that's the whole hook that you give to your players. Obviously, I mean, depending on how you want to approach it, you could let the players kind of come to the conclusions for you, or you have already built out the exact reason why that would be. But essentially, like, that's the catalyst. This big nation over here that normally votes on everything, we got nothing. We need to find out why that is.
1: Right. Totally could do that. Well, we hope you have enjoyed this week's discussion on the Republics. Uh, We had a great time talking about this. Uh, It's one of my favorite series, honestly, because I love talking about governments and building governments for my world. And maybe next time we'll put to the forum vote whether you would like to hear about some of the homebrew governments that we have come up with for our worlds. I think that would be be a fun little thing to put on there just to see. But there are so many real-world governments that we can talk about, we might not get to that for a while. Just a little teaser. But Neil, (laughs) if people would like to tell us how they created their own republics or if they have questions about republics or they want to share with us campaign ideas that they have how can they get in contact with us they can always email us at dungeonmasterblock
0: at gmail.com and if you guys like this episode and the other episodes we put out you can go over and show us some love on itunes and give us a five-star review and if you
1: type out a review we'll read it on air yes we will you can also look us up on twitter Our handle is at DMS underscore block. That's at DMs block. Or you can hit us up on Facebook. Just search the Dungeon Masters block and we'll pop right up. Both of those places are excellent sources for D&D memes, polls, and other general D&D goodness, as well as updates on when episodes drop and what those episodes contain. Neil, we have a Patreon dragon shout out for this week. We do, and this week's Patreon
0: shout-out goes to... Alexandru
1: Batuza!
0: (laughs) And they're a silver dragon, and they are undoubtedly tearing up our Patreon, going through all of our great bonus content. And, of course, they're on the forums where they get to vote on things like whether or not we talk about Republics. Yeah! And as always, the Dungeon Master's Block is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network, where you can check out other shows like the GM Showcase, Geek Wars, We're
1: So Bad at Adventuring, and more. Well, that's all we have for you on this week's episode of the Dungeon Master's Block, where we talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all other people at the table. (laughs) This is DM Ian saying we'll see you next week on the Dungeon Masters block. This is DM Neil. Good night and good luck.
0: All right, you ready? I'm ready.
1: Yes, let's go. Let's republicize.
0: Bye.